My name is Sheridan Ruth, and I am here to welcome you home. This is the Exposed Podcast. we reveal the body-based ways to ease anxiety, heal trauma, and create an empowered connection with love and money using nervous system regulation and a healthy dose of self-compassion. Well, welcome to Expose, where today we are going to reveal the body-based way also the tantric or subconscious or shadow work based way to move through our triggers particularly in romantic relationships heal trauma and create an empowered connection with love where you feel that you are really love for being your authentic self that you are safe to be your authentic self and you are safe to receive love give love and understand what your particular flavor of love or map of love is going to be like in this in this lifetime so lovely to be here okay so I'm going to do a little bit of this kind of just like closing my eyes and, and talking from the heart and I also have I also have some notes so it's going to be a little bit of a mix of everything What I do want to begin with is just kind of asking you if this sounds familiar to you, because if it does, um, you are definitely in in the right place. I'm going to read through some things and just kind of feel in and kind of see, hmm, does this sound like something that I've been experiencing? Does this sound like something that I'm familiar with? Your partner makes a sarcastic comment again you stab at them and you tell them that you really need to feel heard but instead of the sweet words that you were hoping for they actually get more defensive and then you end up in your bed making a bruise conflict because it feels like they just don't care or when something doesn't go how you'd hoped or expected and you're not sure how to manage all of the conflicting feelings that you have inside You find yourself spiraling down into anxiety, rumination, passive aggressiveness, and doubt. And eventually, you either collapse in shame and exhaustion, or you deflect and end up attacking or judging your partner. Or no matter how your argument begins with your partner, at some point, it always ends up in the same argument you've been having for years, where it feels like you're speaking different languages. Hmm, <laughs> that one. Or when your partner makes jokes that aren't funny or they're, they kind of are, they have an aversion to, or they're scared by your favorite hobbies and your dreams and your values, you feel this tension in your chest and this sudden urge to, to leave, to get out of there. Or maybe when your partner is sick or unproductive or depressed or lazy, you, no matter how much you try to help them or give them your wisdom, 
you find yourself pulled into their negative emotions, then spiraling out of control until once again, you're so exhausted that you either collapse in shame or you go further into action mode, which actually only makes things worse. Does this feel, does this feel resonant to you? Have you been this experience before? I polled you guys on Instagram and I received so many wonderful answers to what do you get triggered by in your partner and I thought that those six kind of scenarios really helped identify or like kind of wrap up in a more concise way really common things so if you're feeling this the first thing I want you to know is that you're really not alone and we are going to be covering a six-step framework that you can use to work through your triggers but before we do that I really want to identify what is a trigger what is a trigger? What are we even talking about? I think that there are two ways of looking at this. A trigger, when we look at it from a trauma perspective, somebody who might have PTSD or complex PTSD, it's something that it's something that occurs that triggers you or propels you back into a state where you perceive that you are experiencing the traumatic experience. So there's that definition of it. There's also the definition that it's just something that activates an emotion or an energy inside. It's an event that occurs that has a strong emotional reaction. It's not necessarily negative. So I want to keep in mind that there is a, there is a big difference between having something triggered inside of you from an experience and having a trauma trigger where you are propelled back into a state where you believe that you are in the traumatic experience. This would be like an emotional flashback or a visual flashback and you think that you're experiencing that. Today, we're not going to focus specifically on the trauma trigger. However, these, these frameworks and this idea and this theology that I'm going to be sharing with you is actually the one that I've used to work through my own trauma triggers back when I was very, very much in, in the depth of my complex PTSD. But we're going to be a little bit more general so that you can use it. Maybe you don't have PTSD or maybe you're like, you don't really know, or you're just kind of living through life and you get triggered because we do, because that's what happens because we're feeling sensitive humans. So in general, regardless of whether it is trauma, a trauma activating event or not, it is an event where you go from neutral to having a big urgency or an aversion to something or a desire for something specific to be true or occur. What these triggers actually do is that they point us to a belief that we might have that could be a little bit one-sided, so a little bit black and white, or it points us to a pain or a conflict that lives inside of us, an internal conflict or an internal pain. What this tells us is that every time we experience a trigger, it occurs because our body, our subconscious and our conscious mind wants certain things to be true and it wants to know what can it rely on in this world, what is true and what is not. And for very for reasons we can really understand, we 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 want to know what the scaffolding of life is. 
life is a really big thing that's sometimes really difficult to manage. And it makes sense that our subconscious would want to know what the scaffolding is. What can we rely on? What are the rules? What makes sense? And so when something occurs that rubs up or creates tension or friction against some things that we have assumed to be true, assumed to be the scaffolding of light, triggers a big emotional response. Or when something happens that shines a light on an internal conflict that we have inside or a pain that we hold inside, it triggers a big emotional response. And this response is not a bad thing. Oh, it's really not a bad thing. It's actually, if you think about it, quite a gift from your body, quite a gift from your emotions, quite a gift from your nervous system to say, hey, hey, down here, there is something to be expanded upon. There is something that is asking for inquiry, asking for love and asking for attention. There is an opportunity to create more wisdom. There is an opportunity to create more connection and more pleasure and hi, would you please pay attention to me? Now, this is true for other people as well. <laughs> Something that that comes up a lot of the time is a lot of, well, I, I've had experiences, particularly with social media, where I'll say something and triggers other people. It really does. And in the beginning, I felt really awful. I got triggered because, and I, I remember one time I was uh, going to, I was going to like a park with some friends for my friend's birthday. And we got out of the Uber and I was on my phone and I go into Instagram and I had some comments on a post and I had some DMs and I could see that something I had shared uh, that I really believed to be true and really supportive, like from the bottom of my heart, <laughs> it really triggered some people. And I got some messages and I was getting out of like, from the moment my right foot my right foot like landed on the earth and before my left foot could get to the earth out of the car, I just had this shh of activation inside and I could almost feel myself shivering and I'm like trying to be cool because it's like a busy road we're getting out and I'm like, oh my God, I was so activated and triggered because I had triggered somebody. And it took me a little while, but I finally came back actually did this framework. I finally came back and I said, you know what, if I believe and I, and I really do, that triggers occur <laughs> to help us integrate, to help us understand the world, to help us find more love and pleasure and connection and authenticity. And they occur because they're shining light on an internal conflict or a pain that somebody has. Then what a gift to give to somebody. In hindsight, I am extremely thankful to all the people that have ever triggered me because it's helped me become the person that I am. I like who I am. I like what I've been doing and I'm really grateful to them. And so if you're coming through this and part of you is almost scared of triggering other people, maybe by expressing yourself. And I'm not saying do this, like don't never be mean, never be aggressive, but know that when you trigger other people, you are also simply shining a light on a pain inside of them or a black and white belief inside of them.
just like they are in you when, when they trigger you. A good way to remember this is that, like, if I say something, if I were to say something to you that you are already a little bit insecure about, then you will probably get triggered. Whereas if I were to say something to you that you were just like, there was no conflict in between in you, nothing was happening. Uh, it was just like, obviously not. <laughs> sure, what are you talking about? You're so weird. You're not going to get triggered. It's just not going to touch you. It's not going to touch that rawness inside of you. I think an example of this is like somebody, somebody called me um, not generous once. And it was a type of thing where I was like, wow, yeah, I actually, I have no trigger around that. I have no activation around that. Like, it's a little bit of a mean thing to say, but no, because I know that I am generous. Like if somebody were to call me, Sheridan, you are such a fridge. I'm like, okay, you're a bit odd because I'm definitely not a fridge, but okay. Whereas if somebody were to find something that I'm insecure about, let's say, Oh God, what am I insecure about? I'm, I'm like in podcast mode, so I'm not thinking about that. Yeah, let's say I'm going to use my hair because I was very insecure about that for a very long time. And I still have moments where I'm like a little bit self-conscious about it. If somebody just say something to me about my hair, oh my God, your head is such a weird shape. If somebody said your head is such a weird shape, I would probably have an emotional reaction because I have a part of me that's a little bit insecure about those things. So that's kind of how we know, right, that this can be true because we can witness ourselves having these reactions or non-reactions. When this happens, a part of us is thinking, okay, well, if what that person is saying is true, well, then the rest of my life must be a lie. The rest of everything must be a lie. And what do I do with this information, right? I'm going to bring it into the realm of partnership because we're talking about partnership here. So a couple of years ago, I went to the doctor and my doctor said something that really triggered me. It took me a few days to, to move through at that time. I was talking about my partner. My partner is Colombia. My doctor is Australian. We're in Australia and I love my doctor. She's absolutely amazing, but she doesn't have a lot of experience with immigrants foreigners and she said something difficult about my partner it was the first time that I think that I had experienced like racism she said oh well you know he's gonna have to work as a cleaner and I got really triggered I was like oh gosh I got so triggered because I think at that time a part of me was a little bit scared and confused that if he came to Australia he wouldn't be able to find employment that really is nourishing and, and passion that he would be passionate about so that happened and I kind of forgot about it I had an emotional reaction and I think I bitched my mom about it <laughs> and then I went back last year and she said the same thing and this time I, I didn't even realize I completely forgot like because it was such a non-issue to me because I'd worked through my own insecurities around it I'd figured out what beliefs I was holding and uh, yeah it just was not a true thing so 
in the first scenario, my mind was thinking, oh my gosh, well, if this thing that my doctor is saying is true, then there are so many other things that now must be must be true and I'm going to have to do certain things. And then the other things that I was thinking were a lie. And oh my gosh, like, what does this mean? When I went back the second time, I was able to hold her truth. Yeah, it might be difficult for him to find employment and also empowering truths at the same time. I could expand into different views where I could say, yeah, you know what, doctor, like possibly that could be true. And I could also say to myself, yeah, and you know what, Sheridan, like this could also be true. There are many other things that could be true. And I was able to come back into an alliance with my own truth about money and work and life and, and um, my partner's abilities and my values and all of those things. I was able to expand into a different view that could hold her truth. It might be difficult. And also my truth, it might not be difficult. And this is what this, the act of moving true triggers is. It's becoming it's expanding your capacity to hold different views. Now, you know that you're not very good at this. If you find yourself, and I say that with love, if you find yourself almost adopting different pieces, people's point of views um, when you're in that scenario, and this happens to all of us. So, for example, have you ever noticed that you'll be like on social media and somebody will say, X, Y, Z, um, like if your partner doesn't do X, Y, Z, then like just leave them, get somebody better, you're worth more. And if that's triggering to you because your partner doesn't do X, Y, Z or does something else, of course it would be an emotional reaction would occur because if you slip into the part of you that's also thinking that or is capable of thinking that, then from that person's point of view, you have quite a dilemma because you're apparently with a partner that you shouldn't be with. This happens with family. <laughs> have you ever gone to your family and they have certain views and maybe your partner kind of contrasts to those views and you kind of find yourself allying with your mom's views on money or health or whatever and looking at your partner being like well you just don't do these things what does this mean and what you're doing at that moment is you're coming into alliance with another person's point of view another person's truth about the world and truth about people now because you do not wholeheartedly hold that truth it's triggering because inside of you there is a conflict because there's also a part of you that holds a different truth there's also a part of you that looks at the world, looks at your partner in different ways. There's an inner conflict that that scenario is highlighting you. Now, it takes practice, but over time, what we want to begin to do, and I'll give you some um, insight onto how to do this, is to be able to say, huh, yeah, Mom is kind of right about things in this way, if you look at it from that point of view, possibly. But when I look at it from my point of view, this is how I feel. And neither, none of us are wrong. We're just looking at things in different ways. Everything is true and completely untrue at the same time. And so what do we do? We choose the truth that aligns most with us, that helps us feel empowered and connected. And is it scary sometimes? Yes. Yes. 
That's why we, we work on creating safety, which is a part of this accept process that I'm about to share. This process of expansion of understanding your triggers, understanding the inner conflict or the pain that they're highlighting inside and expanding into more compassion and love and truth and connection and authenticity and unapologeticness is actually quite uncomfortable. <laughs> but it really does help us expand our capacity to handle both our own discomfort in life, to understand our body's uh, language and also handle the discomfort that other people have and our discomfort around their decisions. It creates a sense of emotional maturity and most importantly, wisdom and self-trust that is unparalleled to anything else. So while that might be difficult and while it might be uncomfortable, without it, I believe life can get really, really empty and really, really confusing. And you become more neurotic, more anxious, and more cold and guarded as life goes on. So I choose this method. <laughs> okay, you guys ready? Let's do it. What do you do when you're triggered? So I developed this success framework after numerous years. Like I've been studying now the body and the subconscious for about 10 years. And I've been working one-on-one uh, -on -one with clients full-time, particularly around relationships for three. And I saw my clients and myself every single time they would be triggered by something and spiral into doubt because and spiral into unproductive and tumultuous communication. Um, and I was spiraling into unproductive and tumultuous communication. Um, and I, if you kind of looked at it, it was very simple. It was like, okay, well, if we could just address this trigger and change the way that we deal with it, then we could avoid all of the rumination and the doubt and the self-sabotage and sabotaging the relationship and hurting our loved ones and hurting ourselves and, you know, procrastination and bad hoping habits that make you feel worse about yourself. We could avoid all of it. And that's where this process was born. So let's have a look. The first step is to really get regulated. Now, I say this because I think there's a lot of wonderful um, advice about relationships out there, and I think there's a lot of wisdom to be had. However, when we're triggered, it means that there has now been an activation in the body, which means that your nervous system is probably going into either a fight, flight, or a freeze, or a fawn. These different nervous system states are really only preoccupied with your safety. They're not preoccupied with using the new communication tools that you read about on the website or that your therapist told you about. And they're not worried about wisdom and life and beauty. They're, it's, their body is like, let's make sure that we are safe. So if you're, if you're doing a lot of like work around relationship, but your nervous system is consistently dysregulated or you're unable to regulate it in the moment, then a lot of what you're doing is just kind of like going down the drain, like flushing it down the toilet. It's not applicable in the moment. So the first thing that we do is we get regulated. I have numerous methods for this, everything from breath work to journal practices to just lifestyle activities, um, essential oils, uh, embodiment practices, movement practices, energy practices, so many different things. The thing is that 
what we really need to do is understand that it's not a one size all like one size fits all approach and that you need to actually change what you use depending on which nervous system state that you are in how much time you have how much privacy you have and what tools you have so that's the first step get regulated if you would like to explore some of the tools that I recommend, some of the practices that I recommend, and the four different nervous system states, and how to identify when you are in which, DM me or send me an email. You can find me on Instagram, and you can probably find my email. I'll make sure that it's down below. Both Instagram and the email will be down below in the show notes. DM me ease, and I will send you a PDF with all of this information. The next thing to do, so this is number one is get regulated. The next thing to do is emotional alchemy. So emotions are energy in motion. When we get triggered, this energy comes into our body. And what we want to do is we want to alchemize it into something else, which really just means we want to kind of change it. We don't want to stay stuck in what this energy is experiencing in our body. We want to change it. It all begins with noticing what you're aware of. Noticing your sensations, noticing your emotions, and noticing your thoughts. You can just ask yourself, what am I aware of? And then ask yourself again with more curiosity, what else am I aware of? Get really curious. Like, what, what am I aware of at the moment? What am I experiencing? And then get more curious. What am I making this energy mean? So maybe you feel the tension in your chest. Maybe you're making it mean, oh, I have to leave this person immediately. Or, oh, I have to make a six, plan, six point action plan to fix this problem immediately. Or, oh, my gut feeling tells me I need to go and interrupt what they're doing or send a text message or fix this thing straight away. What are you making it mean? Or what are you making it mean? Then I, I want you to ask yourself the question, like kind of an inquiry. There are a couple of ways that you can go with this energy and this emotion. You could ask yourself, do I want to move the energy out of my body through breath, through movement, through sound? Do you, would it be supportive to embrace, care, and love this energy? Share a blanket of love over it, embrace it, give it gratitude. Thank you. Or possibly, perhaps, could this energy even be connected to pleasure? These are some starting points. They are quite uh, intricate. They go beyond the scope of this podcast, but these are some starting points. What am I aware of? What else am I aware of? What am I making this energy mean? And could I move this energy? Could I embrace it, care for it, love it? Or could it be connected to pleasure? I'm going to share with you guys a little opportunity soon about where and how you can understand these, these steps, all of these steps, including regulation and emotional alchemy. Better, more. But those are the first two steps. And then we have the third. And this is where we're going to do kind of like this, this body-based inquiry, and we're going to bring this energy of curiosity as well. You're going to look into the beliefs that you're holding and truths about life that could be conflicting 
or the insecurities you have, and you're going to really just expand into the version of yourself that can hold all of the truths and possibilities. So this might look like seeing things through different lenses or seeing the world through your partner's eyes or another person's eyes, or even seeing the world through the lenses of different parts of yourself. Now, depending on what the trigger is and where you land, sometimes this goes into inner child work. Um, sometimes this goes into shadow work. Sometimes we embrace the shadow. But some key things that I notice to be supportive for most people are to ask yourself once again, what am all, and okay, this question is really beautiful and I apologize in advance. What am I making this mean and why would it be so terrible if it were true? So if this thing were true, what would I have to feel or do? Why would that be so terrible? What am I making this mean and why would it be so terrible if it were true? And you're kind of just gonna keep going and so you might notice a belief or a truth about life that, that appears. For example, it might be, well, if that were true, I would need to, that's what I said. And then just ask yourself again, okay, well, if that were true, if you did need to do that, why would that be so terrible? And you just keep going and keep going and keep going until you land possibly on a memory or a very core truth. And you'll feel it when you get there, your body does respond, say kind of like, sometimes it's felt as like an energy or a release or just the, this feeling of like, ooh, like a resonance, like, okay, like that feels true or that feels like it's it. Sometimes it's like a shot of energy or a sensation in your body or just a feeling overall, like, yes, there's something here or possibly even a memory. But you might land on something where it feels true, where you really learned that this was true about life. And what our goal here is, is really love and nourish this part of you, make it feel safe, validate its emotions, validate its experience, meet any of its needs internally. So we're not really asking anyone else to meet a need here. We're really creating self-attachment and self-leadership by meeting these parts needs internally. A lot of this ends up being parts work and inner child work. And then once we have found a sense of relief after this, a sense of feeling heard and seen, we actually wanna come back into the sensations and the discomfort of the pain or the initial pain and really allow it to be there. It's very important that you understand your regulation here so that you're able to be with the sensation and pain and notice yourself if you begin to get unregulated or dysregulated and come back and stay regulated. We use titration to do this. And as you do this and as you sit with the discomfort of the pain and allow it to be there and allow it to be okay, you begin to find more and more relief. And you're kind of going to follow that relief. So you'll find, oh, if I say this to myself, it gives me relief. Mm, if I give myself a hug or I sway, it gives me more relief. And just kind of follow that. And once you have settled back further down into relief, the next thing we do is we come into alignment and authenticity. Alignment and authenticity. Oh my gosh, it's really probably my favorite one. 
we get to ask ourselves here, what are our values? What are your views on life, yourself? And what do you really want to embody and experience instead of what you're currently embodying and experiencing? This is where we get true about who we are, what we believe based on our own experience, based on our, oh, just the things that we know about life. And sometimes that is actually saying, well, I actually don't know and I would like to explore it more. And this will influence the next step. I don't know, but I would like to explore it more. But you find your own truths. You find your own wisdom. And you find your own authenticity. Once we have done that, you move into embodiment. Embodiment involves cultivating a sense of safety inside. Cultivating a sense of safety inside is a skill that we build over time, over practice. Safety lives inside of you. And a lot of our job is to simply come home to it consistently until it becomes more available more consistently. Until we come home so many times that we begin to honor and embody safety. And so it is through these steps that now walking out into the world with safety, a clear understanding of our values, our truths, our beliefs, and our authenticity, it is from there that we take action. It is from there that we communicate. It is from there that we get our needs met. It is from there that we truly involve other people. When we come from a grounded, safe, connected, authentic place of embodiment, because when we do that, we increase our chances of feeling more connection. We empower the people around us to respond in ways that make us feel heard and seen and really evoke the sweet words that have been running around in our head and we've been hoping for them to come out of that other person's mouth. We get to this point where you're able to communicate from such a space of confidence that you can move through difficult moments of tension with more ease and connection and an open heart. Then curiosity and compassion, even and if the person that you're speaking with gets defensive or snarky. What else happens is that your partner's weird quirks and fears and values that don't really align with yours um, suddenly start to feel less important <laughs> and you open up into a sense of creativity where you know that you can create and experience a life where you feel fulfilled and loved and heard regardless of these weird things that that person does that you don't like. And any tension that appears in your chest or your body when they're being quirky and weird or odd and annoying and just gross is no longer just a sign that you need to get out or you need to fix something. It's simply a sign of something much more meaningful, including when they're sick or unproductive or depressed. 
you get to find your truths inside. You get to move through yourself inside. You get to perhaps even find pleasure. It sounds really fucked up. Just trust me. <laughs> and empower them without crossing into self-abandonment or losing sight of your own pleasure and joy and ambition. And that's where life gets really, really good. That's where life gets really, really good. So if the first thing that I want you to do is go through these uh, six, six steps. I'm going to repeat them back to you. And you can always just like rewind and come back to them. Number one is regulation through different nervous system states. Number two is emotional alchemy. Number three is somatic inquiry. Number four is expanding beliefs. Number five is alignment and cultivating authenticity. And number six is embodiment. And I encourage you to take them away, go through this podcast a couple of times and practice them. Practice them. See what happens. See where you get stuck. That's okay. This is a, these are big contexts and, and this podcast is sometimes a little bit limited, which is actually why I've decided to host a masterclass around this. So. If you're willing and you're excited to go on a journey with me, then you are about to receive a tried and tested framework that works with your mind and your body and your soul so that you can actually see some changes in your life and through your triggers. Because without a grounded body or an understanding of your nervous system makeup, all other work becomes obsolete and inapplicable to daily life. Yet, Without shadow work and inner inquiry to couple with this nervous system work, you're left feeling somewhat calm, but lacking skills and clarity and actually what to do with that calmness and change the things that you want to change. So I've created a two-hour workshop where we bring together the most important aspects of body-based regulation and inner inquiry so that you can spend less time ruminating over your relationships or going back and forth in fights that you've had a million times and more time cuddled up on the couch and out dancing with friends or whatever it is that you guys like to do. This masterclass is called What to Do When Triggered, a six-step framework for transforming triggers into authentic connection. You will find all the information that you need below, including when it is hosted, the price on all of that beautiful, beautiful stuff, and a beautiful, lovely invitation that I've written up with for you in the link down below in the show notes. I am really excited for you because when you apply this Six-step framework. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be spending so much time anxiously ruminating, or figuring it out. You get to take these moments of tension and alchemize them into pain, into pleasure, into deep wisdom, and a plan of action. All you need to do right now is go down below, click the little link, and then you will find all the information that you need to to sign up. So go ahead and do that right now while I say goodbye. Hmm. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'm excited to see you inside of the masterclass and I'm excited to also hear your thoughts. Please don't hesitate to send me a message on Instagram or via email with what's been coming up for you as you have been listening. 
it'll make sure what I'll probably end up doing is, is taking your feedback and making sure that it's inside of this masterclass and making sure that it's very, very good for you and absolutely amazing. Have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day. Sending you so much love. A big and special thanks to Upturned for composing this magical piece of music and to GS Studios for mixing it. To find Upturned's other tracks or ask for your own special custom piece of music, go say hello using their contact details in the show notes.